So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello and welcome to the SFP Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Six Figure Photography exists to inspire, empower, and challenge photographers towards creating a life of abundance. Abundance in love, creativity, and profits. Look, this is less about accumulating wealth and more about discovering self-worth and providing value to everyone you encounter. This is why we do what we do. And today on episode 17, we have with us Tonic. Uh, more specifically, we have with us uh, Jennifer Homestead and Jeff Shipley. And we're going to be talking all about your website, the importance of your website. Uh, even specifically, we get into questions about about the user experience of your site. It's one thing to have a well-designed site. It's another thing to have a website that gives your clients, your leads, uh, the proper experience along the way. We're going to talk about what that looks like. Look, where do you begin with web design if you don't have a budget to hire someone to build it out? As well, we're going to list out the top must-have items for your website. Let's jump right in and talk to Jen and Jeff. Hello, welcome, Jen. Welcome, Jeff. I am so excited to have you guys on the SFP podcast. Jen, I know you're on the struggle bus right now. The espresso machine is down. How are you coping with this? Not well, Ben. Not well. <laughs> I'm in a dark place. I was I was saying it's it's really sunny outside. It's like 70 degrees. It's beautiful. But inside, I'm, I'm languishing. So after... After a week of work with Tonic and releasing the new collection, all I needed was like a, a little shot of espresso before this. So if I sound much less, much, much less eloquent than I might have, let's just all attribute it to that. That's fair. Jeff, meanwhile, are, are you just tipping back the coffees over there? Um, coffee, no. Um, <laughs> bourbon last night, yes. <laughs> so, all the bourbon. Um, just kind of bouncing back from that. Um, it's, I, I actually don't drink coffee because I get real hyper and kind of annoying. Um, so I, I usually go for a nice, nice glass of orange juice in the morning, you know, just super we actually cool. asked him to stop drinking coffee for that reason. So. Yeah. <laughs> I am off. Yeah. He's a little hyper. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you guys are in different places, right? Right now I'm talking to you guys from different States. Jen, where are you at? I'm in Virginia. So I'm like 45 minutes outside of DC and thanks to the magic of modern technology, Jeff is like across the world. So <laughs> Jeff, you're in China. 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm in Seattle, so we have a nice little three-hour time difference that often has resulted in being woken up um, inadvertently by, like, calls from baby Serena. Uh, <laughs> or, or But it also has been terribly convenient because then we can sort of work late into the, like, opposite hours and, and we're not, you know, when we need to collaborate, sometimes um, it works out well for that. But it's always interesting. It's a lot of math of, like, okay, wait, three hours, okay. And being artists and designers, math is, you know, a whole thing for us. So math is hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's connect some of the dots here for the audience. So you guys are the owners and uh, head designers of Tonic and you, you are, uh, you are together in, in, in business and yet you operate out of different locations. So first off, tell us a little bit more about what you guys do with, with Tonic. Um, so we are a site shop for the modern stylish creative. Um, unofficially, we say that we sell website templates for people who hate website templates, and we would be numbered among them. Um, so we're longtime custom designers who saw a need in the market for you know, pre-made customizable website designs that shorthand didn't suck. Um, and so born out, born out of that sure. goal and honestly just out of like our desire to partner with each other because we had a little bit of a design crush on each other and just in general life crush, um, though not though not romantic crush because no everyone thinks that we're married. We're not married. We're both very happy with our other partners. So we'll clear that up right now before everyone's yeah. like, oh my gosh, you're such a cute couple. Like, no, thank you, but no. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, and so born out of that desire to, to work together, um, we embarked on something on an LA rooftop, which was, it could have been a very terrible idea since we barely knew each other at that point. Um, but we created tonic out of that. So a few years later, now we have a, an awesome working relationship and then, and a business to show for it. That's incredible. So Jeff, I mean, Tonic's brand is built around mixed drinks, uh, more or less. And so you're the bourbon drinker here. I'm going to I'm going to address this fact with you. How did how did the the Tonic brand come about and these the ties to the mixed drinks? I love you guys. If if you're listening right now, when you get home, you have to go check out their website. You have to take a look at their branding. The the way that their uh, each design that they've set up is is kind of built around a different um, uh, cocktail. It's it's really cool. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, Jeff. well, it's kind of funny because the the early days of our working relationship was was super inefficient and and unofficial in so many ways. Um, I think the it, the actual name for tonic sort of we were just brainstorming back and forth via text and then also sort of like Skype messaging mixed in there and sometimes Facebook chat. So in G chat occasionally as well. So we were super inefficient about like how we were brainstorming because we just kind of chat on all these different ways and could never figure out where these ideas were actually documented. Um, and and it, it kind of started out where um, originally we had thought, oh, we're just going to collaborate on on a group of, of site designs and, you know, call it a day. And as we started working together, we decided, you know, this needs to be a little bit more of a thing. We should probably call it something um, and so we started brainstorming, and there were all manner of terrible, terrible ideas. Um, One of and, them was harvest. Like I don't like what is yeah. that, what does that relate <laughs> yeah. to website design? Like here's yeah. the harvest of websites for you. No. Yeah, we didn't even know. <laughs> and and we started just talking to kind of about like the philosophy behind what we were about and how we really wanted it to be something that was um, sort of like a cure for boring websites. Yeah, and, we called it the cure for the common website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. 
And so then that's kind of the idea of tonic came from that, um, being like a curative agent or like a restorative agent. Um, and, and so there was like a cool kind of apothecary tie to that. But then of course we sort of had fun riffing off of the like mixology side of it. And Jen just sort of threw out the joke, like tonic sights on tap. Ha ha. And we're like, wait, that's not a joke. That's the name. Like that's our tagline. Like how that's cool it. is that? That's it. And so I, I don't even know where that text message thread is. I was or, like in a rest I was like in a restaurant bathroom. And like I, I remember like super clearly like texting back and forth. But like the idea, like the idea was formed over cocktails at the Standard Hotel in LA. Like our initial ideas were written on the bar cocktail napkin, you know, and so um that was kind of a common thread at the time. It's like we loved yeah. mixology, we loved like the idea of like people bonding um, late night over shared interest and shared cocktails. And then when we thought about um, the idea of maybe maybe making each drink the inspiration for the website, it just gave us immediate inspiration instead of being like, oh, like what should we design? Like what should it look like? Um, we were able to derive inspiration from the cocktail itself. So it was like, okay, what would a martini look like? Oh, it'd be like super clean and classic and cool. And it immediately gave it a personality as if we were designing for a brand. And since we are custom designers, I think if we had started with a blank slate, we would have been clueless and wouldn't have had the direction. But since we're able to go like, what would an old fashioned look like? Um, like what would a Bloody Mary look like? Each of the drinks had such a, their own personality personality um, and kind of their own roots that we were able to design for them just like we would a custom client. And I think that's why the designs are so strong because it's like we designed them very specifically for someone and that someone just happened to be a classic cocktail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that, guys. And, and you nailed it. You really have. May, may, I, may I make a request? doesn't have to be this year. I know you're busy people. Maybe, you know, maybe down the road sometime. I would love to see a design based off a Lagavulin 16-year oh. neat. <laughs> a little, 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 little scotch. Like it's one of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what's up. Yeah. It's a yeah. nice pee action to it. Yeah. No, um, I can yeah. totally see like it should taste, it should look like campfire basically. <laughs> That's what I think Lagavulin yeah. 16 year tastes like. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like expensive campfire. <laughs> if you don't cough after you've been on the website, then we've done it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, you guys. So uh, when I think about Tonic, when I think about um, the design work that you guys are doing, and again, I think about your own brand, just uh, this directly ties so strongly um, to branding. And I, I've been talking a lot about branding lately. I'm, I'm, I just did a webinar here with uh, Shoot.Edit on branding, and it's just on my mind. Uh, and so I want you guys to kind of um, talk about the importance of your, your web design in terms of brand and uh, your brand presence. Uh, maybe, Jeff, uh, how about you start off? I, I would love to hear your thoughts, yeah. mate. Uh, I, I, one of the things that I think Jennifer and I have been exploring a lot together, sort of collectively, but also in, in our, in the, you know, our independent custom work is just, um, the idea that Jennifer sort of just sort of started building her, 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 her own brand about, but it's just kind of, it's been such a great perspective to think, to keep in mind. And that's just the idea of, of a brand having a story, um, and thinking of it sort of as a narrative instead of just like this stagnant thing. It's something that lives and grows and, and breathes and needs to adapt with you. And I think, I think the thing that's, that's unique and also very tricky about creative businesses is that they're run by creative people who are a little bit, um, 
affected by the change in the winds. You know, they're they're a little bit whimsical. They're influenced by different things in different seasons, and I think that's really beautiful about um, about creative people. Um, but it also makes it super challenging to to kind of find you know, to find what works now, what, what's going to work in the future. And so I think that that's kind of what's fun about website design is that you can, if you have a great brand um, that has like really solid principles that you've built on from, from like a values, a lot of like a values-based decisions, um, and it has like a strong aesthetic and a, a certain vibe, I think that uh, the website can shift a little bit with that. And we're kind of even finding that in our own brand. Um you know, we're three years in and there's some things that we want to change aesthetically um, and even functionally on our website. And that's exciting because we feel like our brand has grown and we're, we've sort of stepped into our brand a bit more um, in the last few years and we've come to know it. Um, and it, it's we, we talk all the time and, and it's funny, like we have this, you know, our our website designs have have personalities of their own and we sort of refer to them often lovingly, um, but after hours and hours, just very frustrated with them as well, as, as if they're people. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the brand takes on its personality, its own identity. And in a lot of ways, I feel like that's super helpful to think about it as a, as a thing, even though it is very much tied to you as a person, um, because it helps you make those decisions um, a little bit more easily, because it's, it's a little bit separate. So I, I think that's what's fun about, about, um, about design in general is that, you know, we, we sort of know who Tonic is a little bit. And so we can make decisions um, kind of year by year, bit by bit to really refine it and grow it with us, you know? Um, and I think, I think that's a fascinating process. And I think, I think Jen would probably have a, a few interesting ideas on, on the story aspect of things too. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, one of the things that I like, love about branding is that I just love that branding lets you be seen for who you are at your best. And then it lets you be known for what you do best. Um, and so to me, that's the goal of your brand is like, who are you like at your best that's going to attract your, your ideal client and then repel the clients that you that you don't want to attract. Um, and so that's kind of been a key feature working with all of my branding clients and Jeff with his and even with Tonic is what what is the what is the culmination of who we are at our best? Like, how can we present that in the most clear, um, the, the most clear and beautiful format and then also give people something to connect with? Because people online are searching for connection. I mean, that's what we're searching for in relationships. That, that's what we're searching for um, in conversation. And then on the Internet as well, like. If you're going, if you have 27 tabs open and you're looking for a wedding photographer, you're going to stop at the one that makes you stop and go, oh, like, what is this? Like, what is this about? I'm connecting with something here. And so that's the goal. That's the goal of great branding is that you're giving your client, your specific, your ideal client, something to connect with. And so in our case, you know, we're meeting a need. We're, we're hoping that um, our ideal client connects with our aesthetic. They connect with our verbiage and um, they connect with our visuals. And so the design is secondary, but figuring out what those connection points are first um, is the most important thing. And then the storytelling aspect of what do people connect with more than stories? You know, no matter how busy you are, you're binging on House of Cards right now, or maybe you've already finished it, no judgment. Um, but, you know, people make time in their lives for, for great stories. And so all of the brands, all of the great brands tell, tell stories. And it's stories about 
either that brand or like how that brand makes you feel or what you're going to be able to accomplish once you have that brand in your life. Um, and so as a photographer, your storytelling is key. Your storytelling is visual. Um, and, and your, your website should support that and your brand should, should support that. So if you're, if you're telling like, I can make you look as beautiful as these people, I can make you feel valued. Like these are the, these are the images that you're going to pass down to your grandchildren. Then your visuals and your brand have to support that. And if they don't, people aren't going to connect with it. Um, so that's where I think that the importance of brand and the importance of storytelling is so interconnected and then just so vital. Yeah, I I pulled this quote right from your website, and I think that this is talking directly to this, but maybe you can explain if if it's not or, or add anything to it. But I think what you just said ties to this thought. On your website, it says, talented creatives everywhere saddled with websites that fail to convey their brand's personality and potential. Is that what you're referring to when you say that um, uh, connecting with a brand's personality and potential? Totally, totally. And that's what that's the problem that we set out to solve is because we knew so many amazing creatives and you'd be like, you'd be so energized by talking with them and they'd be passionately telling you like why they do what they do and what what they love about it. And then you would go online and you'd be like, huh, <laughs> wait, where, where is that? Like, where is that person that I just met? And it's not because they were they didn't want to have that kind of um, presence online because they didn't know how. They either it was unattainable, like they couldn't hire like a $10,000 designer to do it for them or, or um, they weren't able to create it themselves. And so they didn't feel like they had an outlet. And so that's very much where we wanted to step in and be like, here, like here's the tool so that you can be as awesome online as you are in person, as awesome online as you are any time that we would meet you. Um, but yeah, if you if your if your website and your brand doesn't sell your potential, then then it's not doing its job. Yeah, I feel like you know, kind of putting my shoes in the audience's. Uh, putting my feet in the audience's shoes. There's the word uh, or the phrase. Um, putting my shoes in their shoes. <laughs> I think what happens a lot, <laughs> what happens a lot, and this is true for me, is, you know, we're starting into this whole photography world and, and we create this business and maybe it's a side job, a weekend thing, maybe we're part-time and and we go out and before we even have a brand, we we like buy a website or, or, or something along those lines, whether it's through WordPress or some other site, you know, we pay monthly for, but we create this website and it's, uh, we get, we, we start with that and then we get a year or two down the road and there's a brand that's been built, but the website is disconnected from it. You know, um, do you guys feel like you see that, uh, you know, come across your, your, your desk every now and then, or do you see that often? I would say that we see that more often than not. I think most of the clients that we work with, um, even in, in the tonic space, but also in our custom work, are coming to us with that very issue. It's that their work, their brand, the experience that they're providing their clients has all sort of has evolved and grown and moved forward, and their website has not done the same thing with them. And so it becomes something that's a, it's a very very strong like a very loud disconnect and it's something that a lot of people are just very i i, I heard a lot like oh ooh, don't 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 actually go to my website or oh don't don't, don't go don't don't go to my blog because i'm a, i haven't updated it for a while and that that's very uncomfortable for them so they're not they're not selling themselves in the best way because they they know that their website's not up to snuff um and that makes them very uneasy yeah. Jen, I, I wanted to ask you, maybe we should even rewind for a minute and just what, why, why is your website so incredibly vitally 
uh, important. Like I, I, for me, I can't even stress it enough, but, but why? That is the first touch point you're ever going to have with your ideal client. And they're opening up seven tabs at a time and looking for a photographer and going from one to the next to the next. And so your website is your first impression. That's the first thing that they're going to say. The first thing that you're saying to your ideal client, that's the first imagery they're going to be shown. And so that connection is vitally important because you want them to be sold from the second they enter that front door of your website. Um, and, and if you lose them, then like you're not going to regain them. So I think there also is, is a huge problem of, of disparity. And so if you meet them in person and you sell them on your work and your work is beautiful and they go to their website and there's a disparity, people are made uncomfortable by that. They're like, wait a second, this is the expectation I had and that expectation is not met. You know, this quality is different here. When it, when your website can be you're like your greatest sales asset. So I've seen this um, with my clients, Justin and Mary. So they started out with kind of a very basic website and then just like you just said, like their, their brand kind of moved along and then very soon their, their, the quality of their images and their work just like skyrocketed and they were just killing it. Like the imagery was amazing and the, the messaging was amazing, but the, the website hadn't changed um, because they didn't have the tools to change it. They didn't, they didn't invest. So for like a six year period of time, their work was improving, their work was improving. They were just destroying it. Every image was beautiful. But when their clients went to their website, there was that disparity. And it was like, wait a second, like what's going on here? Um, so when we rebranded and all of a sudden the imagery was saying the same narrative, the website said the same narrative, the brand said the same narrative, it, you know, the work continued to be amazing. Everything was aligned. And so all of a sudden it was like this, this loudspeaker going, this is who we are. Like Justin and Mary, history, legacies, leaving something behind. And it was incredibly powerful. And they said that their ideal clients have just come out of the woodwork. And all of a sudden, people are like, where have you been? Like, have you always been this amazing? And so even though the work has always been good all this time, they're like, yeah, like we've been killing it this whole time. Like what's going on? But all of a sudden, people are recognizing them for who they are at their best. Um, and and that, that disparity was erased. And that's why the website and the brand is so important is it just creates this unified voice of this is who we are. And by the way, give us all your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to, to clarify, uh, anyone who's listening here, Justin and Mary have always been killing it and you always. should go check them out. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure to drop a link in the show notes, yeah. uh, take a look at their work and, and get a chance to read uh, a little bit of, of what they have to say. I think there's great value, uh, with that couple. And just a point I'd like to kind of piggyback onto there. It's, I think what, what's really unique about that situation is that as you can see that a good brand and a beautiful website is just as important for a new business as it is for a 10 year old business. And so I think seeing how that impacted their brand and yes, they were booked, they were fine. They, they didn't need a website to, to drum up work. They had the work. What they needed was to attract in a more, even more powerful way, in a more magnetic way, their ideal client. And so just, that perception that was shifted and in a lot of ways a pretty dramatic way people have better clarity and better understanding of who they are and what they do and it's not questioned anymore and it's even been fun to hear how people talk about them and their work in the industry now versus before and it's just people know like that's Justin and Mary like that's signature Justin and Mary and you don't question it anymore and I think it's cool to see that from a very healthy thriving business and it just went up 
you know, 10 more notches. Yeah. And yeah. I want to speak really fast to though to new businesses because um, I think it's this is what's really concerning and, and really difficult because okay we're all telling you you know Ben's telling you I'm telling you Jeff is telling you like go make sure your brand is sick like get an awesome website um, and the danger of this is that what happens is very new businesses invest thousands upon thousands of dollars like working with a custom designer etc and they're like okay I'm, I've got my brand in order I'm getting my website etc and often what happens is these new brands these new business owners haven't had a chance to inhabit their brand they haven't had a chance to like live in it to like you know mm-hmm. wear in those shoes a little bit and discover like why it is they do what they do like what that story is that they are telling and so when you write the story down first <laughs> and you haven't had a chance to live it yet, it can be really dangerous because then you've ended up investing thousands upon thousands of dollars telling this story. And maybe a year later, you're like, actually, that's not it. Like, that's not me. Um, and so as custom designers, we have, we've had that happen a lot where these people have invested you know, $10,000 their first year of business, like trying to kill it. And then a year later, you're, they're like, man, like, I just feel like we got it wrong, you know? So one of my best advice for new businesses isn't necessarily to just immediately invest in a very expensive, you know, custom design and brand. Um, my advice is to start with what makes you different, to like distill your brand down to like it's very core to begin with, like ask those hard questions of yourself very early on. And then don't be afraid to keep it simple. Like, that's why we tried to make our tonic site shop designs affordable. Even though they're like a luxury product, they're still affordable within a price point because keeping it simple to start with allows you to inhabit your brand, to live in it, to, to suss out like what it is, like what story are you trying to tell? And then you can develop that and be able to enter into to maybe like your, your, your lifelong brand and your lifelong website um, a little bit later on rather than investing um, a ton just like at that very out the door moment. Amen. And, and I was, uh, a confession time. I was one of those <laughs> photographers, right? <laughs> who who yeah. went through the, the rebrand process after I thought I had it figured out. Then I really had it figured out. And turns out I, the second time I was wrong as well. So I went through it like, you know, twice. And I, I, I completely agree. Jen, thank you so much for, for that advice. Um, that, that honesty with it, you know, I think that's also really telling that, um, you're, you're not just trying to be like, Hey, come, come hire us. You know, like this is, this is important. You have to really, really pour as much into figuring out who you are at your core, what you believe and and maybe even more importantly, why do you believe that? Um, I'm going to like, what makes you different, mm -hmm. you know, like what makes you different? And to some, to some extent when you're beginning, what does it make you different? What your work makes you different? So like pick a clean website that showcases your work well, you know, keep it simple. Like maybe you have a super simple like typographic logo and you don't have like very specific like trendy branding and that's okay. Like your work is still going to be your best attraction point. And I've had, I had a girl come up to me crying after I I mentioned this one time in public because she was like, you know, I've just been thinking I wasn't going to make it because I couldn't afford to hire a custom designer and get my brand in order. And I've just been thinking like, I'm not going to make it in this industry because I don't have like this. I don't have a Jen Olmstead website. I don't have a Jeff Shipley website. Um, and so now like, I feel like I can just focus on honing my craft and getting better at doing my work and asking myself those questions. And it was so good to hear that because I do think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to have figured it out in our first year when, you know, the photographers in their seventh and eighth year are just finally yeah, I'm 
to make sure that a great resource uh, for for people to begin as they're trying to figure out this question, uh, and I'm sure that you've you've uh, both seen this, but um, Simon Sinek's TED Talk on the power of why. I'll put it in the show notes. It's about I think 18 minutes long. I've actually yeah. um, I've been uh, receiving coaching and mentoring here these last couple of weeks, and I've been <laughs> I've been assigned to watch it every single day. And I I would encourage people <laughs> to do maybe not every day, uh, but my God, uh, you know, once a year minimum, once a quarter, once a month, you have to you have to watch this video and challenge yourself with the questions that are proposed in it, especially as you're trying to figure out these these critical branding uh, questions. You guys, if it's okay with you, I want to try something a little bit different here for a second. You know, uh, we have a couple really great uh, supporters of the SFP podcast, and you know, normally I, I give them a shout out maybe at the beginning or the end, but I just want to try to be a little bit uh, more conversational with it. And so if that's okay, I'm going to just... Uh, uh, Give give some praise here to to a couple of the companies that make us, uh, you know, keep going here. Um, one of the companies that I want to bring up is Fundy uh, Design Software. Uh, do you guys know Fundy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great company. He's a fantastic guy. And um, anyhow, version seven of Fundy Software just came out. And I just have to say, uh, again, if I'm talking about anybody, if someone is is on this podcast, it's because I believe uh, I believe what they believe. I believe in their product. And more importantly, perhaps, I believe in the people behind that product. And uh, Fundy is one of the most critical parts of our company, Style and Story Creative. Um, it allows me to be a better storyteller, to get like heirlooms in my clients' hands. It allows us to save time so I can spend time with my daughter and my wife. And uh, additionally, bonus, like Fundy allows me to like make a lot of money <laughs> because I can design and I can proof and I can sell uh, right with the product, right? That, that actually, that matters. This is real. Um, just go check it out, guys. Uh, I'll drop a link in the show notes. As well, I got to thank the photo booth uh, supply company, PBSCO. Um, they have produced, uh, I mean, it's the nicest, it's the finest quality photo booth that you can get. If you head out to any of these, um, you know, photography trade shows, they're at all the events. And there's a good reason why they're at all the events. It's because everybody wants to be part of uh, the photo booth supply company. Um, the, like the best of the best in the industry, Jerry Cajonas and Susan Stripling, uh, names like this are people who, who love and, and use this booth. And one of the great things about it is it helps you to diversify your income. You know, as, as wedding photographers or portrait photographers, whatever you may be, um, there's always kind of slow times. And what I love about my photo booth, I have one myself, is that during those slow times, like we would, we would just did a uh, um, St. Patrick's Day uh, party. And it's like, hey, there's a grand. That's awesome. It, it's really cool. Uh, you have to check them out as well. All right. Thanks for that, guys. I, I appreciate that little, uh, that little minute there uh, for me to, to give some love to these two. You're yeah. still welcome, Ben. You may take a minute <laughs> on your own podcast anytime. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, guys, jumping back in. I want to talk a little bit about user X, user experience, because what I see happen is uh, a lot of times photographers have invested uh, all this time and energy and, and at times resources, money into creating a website that they feel like aesthetically connects. Aesthetically, it's there. Um, but then I go to the website 
and I'm at a loss and I don't know how to use it. I don't know what's going on. Maybe music starts playing <laughs> and things start automating and turning around. And, and to them, because they designed it, it's like, no, how do you, how do you not know what to do? I'm like, dude, I don't know how I don't know what to do. <laughs> but I want to talk yeah. about, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I want to talk about the importance of user experience because I don't, I don't see people discussing this in terms of their website because for me, a great website isn't just one that's visually designed well, but that's designed well so that way when a client lands on it, they know exactly what to do. And and more importantly, perhaps, they've been funneled to, to go and take the actions that you want them to take. And so can you guys talk a little bit more about the importance of user experience? Can I go first, Jeff? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have like a little, I kind of have a little rubric that I use to talk through this. Um, and the rubric is number one, attract, number two, direct, and number three, react. So first of all, like you've got, if you've got the aesthetics down, like that's the first, that's the first key. Like you've got to get the attraction. You've got to have the aesthetic on point. You've got to give them, you've got to have them stop as they're browsing through those 48 tabs. Um, if in my case, probably embarrassingly an amount of tabs, like that my husband cringes at every single time. So you've got to give them something to stop and, and attract them. So we're not talking about that. We're talking now though about the, dir- the direction and the reaction. So most websites have what I call the cheesecake factory factory menu problem, which is that you've given someone all the options and suddenly they feel like all the options may suck. And so that's what happens when I go to the cheesecake factory. I'm like, there, there are 120 options. Like, so probably two of them are good. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm confused. And so people are just stuck. And so Jen, I, I got it. I got, sorry. I just have to jump on this. I effing hate the Cheesecake Factory for <laughs> this so very hard. reason. It's, it's, the yeah. it's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. It's like I have no idea what is expected of me right now. Like, is just it Italian? Is it Mexican? Or, I mean, where, where is it? <laughs> I want to go to a restaurant that has like five things on the menu, yeah. and I'm like, all of these are gonna be these are gonna all be killer. Like, Can't I'm decide. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so you've gotta, you've gotta, you've gotta direct them in some way. And the best way to direct someone is by number one, having a direction that you want people to experience their site. So at the very beginning, you need to think through, how do I, how do I want people to explore my website? How do I want them to experience it? You've got to create the best possible route through their website. And then what you can do from that point is funnel them through that, that ideal path, um, by giving them scale. So maybe you don't give them every single menu option in an equal way. Like maybe you have like a, a, a great little menu bar, but then large on the main page, it says click through to view my portfolio. Or if you want people to see the about section first, it's a photo of you that says that, that has something quippy and it says like here, like click here to learn more about Ben. And that's how you want them to experience it. You've got to tell them, you know, people are sheep. <laughs> and so Please don't call me on that, Jennifer Olmstead. People are sheep, but people are sheep, and so you have to tell them, and they feel comfortable. They feel much more comfortable if they know what to do. So after you like give them that direction, then they're going to react. They're going to do what you want them to do, and they're going to experience and explore the way you designed um, the path for them. And so we call these websites that are beautiful that don't work. We call them poster websites because it's just like looking at a poster. You look at it, you don't do anything else with it. But if you design an experience for them and you curate that experience in a way that leads them through it well, they're going to experience it in the way that you've designed it. Um, so I think you're so right that this is not talked about enough. This is why great websites are great websites. It's because they're designed intentionally. Um, and, and that's just my little rubric is like attract, direct, react. And that seems to that seems to be helpful. 
I love it. Hey, I got a question, uh, and this is a little bit of, uh, to me, this is a user experience issue. Uh, maybe it's a personal opinion, but I want to hear from two fantastic designers uh, about this. I'm going to put you on the hot speed. I'm going to make you actually make a stance on this, uh, a oh, polarizing gosh. stance. All right. So let me set the stage here. You're, you're chilling at home and you open up a website. Somebody sends you a link. Hey, check out this website. And you open up the site and suddenly, without prompt, blaring through your speakers comes like butterfly kisses or who cares? Maybe it's the prettiest song in the world. Maybe it's maybe it's your favorite song, but it suddenly starts playing. So my question to you, and for me, I'm like scrambling. I'm like, how do I turn this dang thing off? I don't want music. I, I, I'm not a fan when music plays automatically on a website. As a Are matter of fact, audience, ben? I absolutely am. But I want, I know I, I'm being polarizing here to start. Maybe I should have ended with that. But Jeff, how do you feel about music being played on your website? Because I see a lot of photographers doing it. Yeah. Well, I was one of those photographers in back in 2009 <laughs> when I oh had my, my uh, yeah when You're I had my me. first website. I it was it was all the rage. You just had to do it. I mean, everyone had music on their website, and um, yeah, super cool. Um, now, as a professional web designer, I think you're right that the hang up with it is that it's just too jarring. I think you have a lot of people browsing at work or they have their own Spotify mix playing and, you know, to sort of accost them with music that they didn't select or that they weren't prepared for. Um, I don't think is wise. And it, it, it's just a point of frustration that I don't think needs to be there. Um, I think I've, one of my clients actually was insistent about having it on there and every, we're like working on her website and I'm like, ah, I don't even know how to mute the thing, you know? Um, and I'm like on a Skype call with her, with her website, you know, and it's just funny. Um, so I'm going to encourage her to, to rethink that as we rework her website. But I think it just becomes something that, that people are tempted to put on there because it helps create experience. We, and we know that about music, but, um, I, I think where I've liked it best is, is maybe where it's there um, and it's an option to turn on if you'd like, like here, here are some of my favorite songs, like enjoy this while you're browsing. Um, but people have music going all the time. I just don't, I don't know that that's necessary. I think if you want so. people's first experience with your website to be one of annoyance, then you should totally put music on your website. <laughs> you I think wanna? that's like, yeah. that's, you know, if that's your strategy, like, sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think about the bounce rate because for me, I'm usually scrambling to turn it off. And if if there is not immediately right in the yeah, center of that page, the mute it. button, I'm yeah. just going to click the X. I'm just going to be like, get I'm out of here. I I'm I'm totally out of here. OK, cool. I had to ask that question. I wanted to see if I was alone because I could very well yeah. be alone. Uh, I had a the sneaking suspicion to, that I wasn't. But music is to have a video that you can have people play that has music going. Like if you want to create the aesthetic, like if you want to create yes. that ambience, like do it that way. Um, that's that's that people are choosing. <laughs> and it could even have a little disclaimer. There will be music. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. You guys. So uh, I'm going to kind of uh, take a, a little bit of a sidetrack here, but um, you, I know that you guys partner a lot with Show It. That your platform's built on Show It. But I want to know more about Show It and this whole like Show It to your thing, because um, you guys are so connected closely with, with what yeah. Show It does. So can you tell us more about Show It? And I know that they just released a new uh, a new Show It. Tell us more about this. Yeah. Yeah, we've been working with Show It um, since the beginning of Tonic, but also since sort of the beginning of our design days. Um, Show It sort of has allowed us to create the sort of things that we've always wanted to create. Um, neither of us are very code savvy. Um, 
we've learned a few HTML, you know, tags in our life, but um, we're very much designers and not coders. And so I think that was kind of the main thing that really drew us to to show it in the first place um, in terms of a platform to use. And um, it's been a company. Can we even, can we rewind yeah. for a quick second? Because I don't know if our audience uh, knows what show it okay. is exactly. Yeah. So what is show it? Yeah. So show it is a website builder. Um, it's very much drag and drop, um, which is a sort of like most helpful thing about it. Um, and it, it's just, um, it's a very powerful tool for you to create from scratch. Um, and you can, you can certainly kind of do whatever you want to do, but then, you know, it's also great to have resources to get you started. And so that's kind of where tonic came in was that it's a great place to get started. And, um, it's just highly customizable and, and it's the whole kind of, uh, premise behind the piece of software has always been like, what you see is what you get. And so it's not that, that sort of disparity of like, wait a minute, I put the line there, but it's showing up over there because the code is pushing it over there and I don't understand why and I don't know how to fix it. Like you just see if it's wrong and you just drag it and move it and drop it. Like it's just that easy. Um, so that's a little kind of quick synopsis of show it. But I think aside from it being an incredible tool, um, the company has just been so wonderful and we just love the people behind it. Um, I know that's something that you had mentioned um, previously, Ben, is, and that's kind of one of the reasons that we love you know, one of the many reasons that we love uh, show it so much is because the people behind it really care about giving um, creatives freedom with their website and the ability to update and maintain it on their own without having to call up a designer who's going to charge you $150 an hour to change your pricing um, or to swap out your images. And so that's what's really cool is that you can just get in there and do it yourself. Um, it's that that user friendly. That's awesome. Jen, can you talk a little bit about the new, is it Show It 5? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jen, can yeah. you talk a little bit more about uh, the well, new Show yes, It 5? Yes, I can, Ben. I can, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. curious. I, I don't know this, by the way. I don't know anything about it. So I am like, I am such a fangirl. Um, this is where I start sounding like a salesman for Show It. So let me just say that like, this is not an affiliate link. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to make money off of the sales pitch. Um, but as a designer, basically Show It 5 is a playground. Like it is like Disney World for designers because um, it's like if Squarespace were awesome. So basically, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> it. I'm going to stick by it. Um, so basically what Todd and his team of geniuses have created is a responsive platform that incorporates completely HTML5 drag and drop design that also interfaces with WordPress. Um, it's a modular-based design, but then you can also have, you have complete freedom in terms of just adding, dragging, dropping, like your typography tools are sick. You can add custom fonts, Google fonts, and then you're not limited. You're pretty much limited by your own imagination as far as what you want to design. So I've been very frustrated using other platforms in the past. Um, I've worked with a bunch of like awesome developers to like make my dreams come true, but I am just OCD enough and just enough of a creative where I, I have something in mind and I want to be able to create that. And so I'm frustrated by limitations. And that is, I am the person and you are the person and other creatives are the person that Show It 5 was designed for. People who have big ideas that want to see them translated with minimal effort um, and want to create something incredible who don't aren't like going to be constricted by a box who don't want to be constricted by like a slider of options and so show it five 
was basically designed to kind of take the limitation out of website design. So you're not limited by code, you're not limited by space. Um, it can scroll, so that like whereas old show it was like designed with a with a fixed aspect ratio, kind of a horizontal fixed aspect ratio. Show it five, you can have the pages as long as you want, like Squarespace if you like, or shorter. Um, and it also interfaces with WordPress. So it's the only thing I've ever seen that you can drag and drop your blog design. So the other night I designed this very complex blog, dragging and dropping elements from the main site. So it's an all-in-one in about 35 minutes. And that's just like mind blowing, like <laughs> where, where I just kind of sat there for a moment afterwards and was like, well, that's done. Um, so th it's just, it's a game changer. In my opinion, like if it's, if it's, if enough people, if it gets in enough hands, it's a game changer for the web design industry. And everyone that I know that knows enough to know is just like, this is absolutely amazing. It's incredible. So I am incredibly impressed and proud of what Todd and the crew have created. Their heart is just like four creatives entirely. And I think they've given them an incredible tool. Fantastic. Yeah, man, you, you are a fangirl. I like it though. I like it. I think, but here's the thing. I feel like fangirl has a negative yeah. connotation and I don't think that's, that's the case here because the reality is when, when you're excited about, when you're excited about a product and the people behind a product, you can't help but express that excitement. And so, um, I think it's awesome, Jen. That. I love that about our industry that you can wholeheartedly be like this, like this is the best. And that's how I feel like if I have a great drink, I want everyone else at the table to try it. You know, if I have a great meal, I'm like, you've got to eat this food. And that's my personality. And so that's how I feel about this like product. And like, I feel about a lot of other things. Like I feel about Ben. I mean, everyone try Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, I, I am really excited about it. Jeff and I are, are super pumped to be kind of a part of their journey. They have really supported us and, and been there for us and are still so responsive. You know, I, a website of mine, um, was launching last Thursday and one of the pages got deleted and I texted Todd at like Todd, the CEO of show it at like five 30 in the morning, Arizona time. He got up and fixed the site. And I was like, that is the coolest CEO of all time. Like that's, you know, in the midst of his day, he's like, Hey, someone's website isn't working. Like I'm on it myself. Um, so that's just their heart right there is just like service and like being known, um, and being knowable. And I, I love it. That's awesome. Are you guys, so I'm a huge fan of, of actual, um, well, actionable steps, <laughs> you know, like, like what should people <laughs> do when they're done listening to this, when they go home? And so I want to ask, I want to ask you guys, uh, this, a web design checklist, right? When, when someone is done listening to this podcast, um, that, that they could pull up their website and they could go through maybe a, a, a set of three things. All right. What would be at the top of, of your list for things to make sure that, you know, your website has. Um, and so I'll maybe give you guys a couple uh, minutes here to, to think about this or a couple seconds really to think about this, but like the top three, five, if you can't boil it down to three things that a photographer listening to this uh, podcast uh, right now can go through their own website and see if, if, if they have this, see if it's present, see if it needs adjusted, fixed, uh, turned over, looked into, um, um, so there you go. Uh, it doesn't have to be in, in order of importance, but, um, uh, you know, and I don't know how you guys want to do this between the two of you. I know you're in different locations, um, but, uh, whoever wants to take this question, you guys can fight over it, <laughs> but what are your top three things? Or let's just like go back and forth. So maybe Jeff yeah. is one. I like okay. it. Yeah. Do you want to go Jen. first Jeff? Or Jen, how okay. about you kick I us can, off? Okay. Yeah. Um, so 
I think that since this has been kind of my my uh, axe to grind throughout this entire conversation, a lot of that's negative. So this is like my positive axe to grind. Um, <laughs> number one, does your website tell a story? Um, does your website showcase who you are at your best? Is it selling to the person who you are at your best? Is it giving them a narrative that they want to be a part of? Um, because that that's the goal of your brand and your website. And so if your brand and your website are not supporting that, there's something missing. You have to have something that people connect to. So that may mean that your imagery needs to have better, um, be presented in a way that tells stories better. Um, that may mean that you, you need to rewrite your verbiage. And so it's telling more about like why you do what you do um, and, and the heart behind your work. It may mean that you have this super simple, minimal website, but the type and the space is so well curated that people get a feeling from being there and the story is just the way they feel. Um, being on your website, but it has to say something. So if your website doesn't say something, think through what should it say? How can I make it tell that story better? So that's my that's my number one. Awesome, Jeff. Let's hop over to you. What would be next on the checklist here that people should uh, should should make sure their website has? Yeah, I would probably say that this is a little bit of like a, a sub point of what Jennifer was saying, and I think that's sort of like a good philosophical approach to take and look at everything through that lens. And then I think one of the like primary components of that, I have two points on that front. So I'm going to take two. Um, one is I think that you need to just have a killer about section. And so look at your about section and be like, is there a photo of me on there? Like of my face, like not me, you know, 200 feet away by a waterfall, all hipster like <laughs> and far away. Like, can I, can I see you? Who are you? Um, I think I, I, I love those sorts of pictures. I have a lot of them on my own website, but like, the first one is like, here's my face, here's what I look like, and then there's some cool artsy ones, you know, sort of circulating through. Um, so I think Killer About section starts with a great a great bio photo um, and just really thoughtful, um, soulful copy about who you are and what you do. Um, and it's a really hard thing for people to do. So sometimes I'm like, hire a copywriter to help you with it. Um, they can they can take on your voice and they can give words to the things that you can and structure it beautifully, um, but it, it's it's huge. Um, so I think that's super important. And then just have other ways for people to get to know you. So um, you know if it's sharing some of your interests or sharing sharing some of your travels or or sharing some of the things that you believe in um, as a company and as a person, I think those sorts of sections are super helpful. Um, and then another part of that um, I think is is to make sure that your your portfolio is very, very tightly curated. I think a lot of times photographers just throw up the work that um, that they, you know, from, from any given wedding and they just like, okay, I'm going to pick the top five shots or whatever, and then they throw that into their portfolio. And, um, and it ends up being work that is beautiful and was great for your client, but is that the sorts of people you want to continue to attract? So I always tell the story about, one of my good friends um, and uh, clients here in Seattle, she had started um, with, she started in Chicago, but she moved to, to the Pacific Northwest and very much needed to change the appeal of, you know, of her brand and, and, and appeal to a, a very um, different demographic. And so one of her favorite images was this beautiful black and white portrait of this bride and the bride was wearing pearls. And she wanted that to be like one of her signature images on the homepage. And I was like, yeah, no, like that is not your Seattle bride. Like she's beautiful. Good job. Great photo. Congratulations. But no, like this is not going on your website because that's not who you're after anymore. 
And she was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And so we put like the, the we, we thought about her bride that she, like the Seattle bride, like who was that? Who was that Seattle couple that she needed to appeal to? And we picked images accordingly. And so anything that didn't meet that standard wasn't in her portfolio. Great photo, doesn't question her integrity as a photographer at all. It's just not going to make the cut. And so every time I work with my clients, um, I... <laughs> I've, it's sort of this thing since, since I am a photographer as well that I that I've started to offer to people, and I, I tell them like there's probably two best ways to do this like for yourself or to have me do it with you is either like when I'm really tired and I kind of just want to be done, or two I've had a couple of drinks because then I'm just real honest. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, like this has to go. This has to go. Like what it's is got she to wearing? Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just done, you know, and, and I think you have to be ruthless because really you have such a short amount of time and you only need like really the first five images are what sell. And so like they have to be curated with such precision and such thought because people aren't going to sit there and look through the whole thing. They may if they like the first the first bit but they're not going to necessarily do that um, by and large. And so to be really thoughtful about positioning your portfolio and the imagery throughout your site with your ideal client in mind. I think that's like so, so huge, especially for photographers, because it's, the, it's so important to showcase your work, um, but in a way that's, that's tightly curated. And beyond the importance of showing the ideal clients, you want it to visually be cohesive and visually be... Um, consistent so that it ties in with the design. One of the projects that Jennifer was just working on, um, you know, she's like messaging me be like, oh, I just want like some more like creamy, um, moody tones. And then they just sent me this one gallery that was like, why wasn't it in the first batch? And that those are the ones that became the signature images because the tones were right. I mean, all their other work was beautiful, but like Jen really wanted these like creamy, beautiful filmy tones that just weren't seen in some of the other work. And then boom, she had her signature images for her homepage from that one shoot because it was placed with the aesthetic in mind. Yeah. Go to michaelandkarina.com and you can see like, it's crazy. Just the images, the images totally match the vibe of the website just perfectly. And those weren't there to start with. And so I was just like, man, we're just missing it. We're missing it. And as soon as we had the right images in the right places, like the design, the work that brand just, just saying, right. <laughs> and I was like, there it is. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So in summary here, you'll yes. help, help me piece this together. So in summary with these three things, we have number one, Jen, uh, story, um, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start with your why. Start with your story. Tell it well. Start with your why. Uh, Jeff, summarize your last two. Um, so have a killer about, about section. Um, and, and then number three there would be to have a well. Yeah, show what you want to sell and curate your portfolio very well. Awesome. I love it. Uh, do you have a recommendation in terms of uh, a number of images that should be in your portfolio? Um, I, think, I think it definitely varies. Um, but I... I think that kind of the sweet spot is between like 30 and 50. Um, and it just depends on how you have your gallery set up. I think if you just have like a wedding and an engagement portfolio, um, I think it should be around 40 images. And if you have like a featured wedding where you're trying to show a little bit of, of uh, coverage throughout the whole day, I think you can get away with somewhere around 50 or 60 because people just want to see more images of that. But 
people, you know, they don't, they don't want to be scrolling through for days. Um, and, and they can go to your blog to find out other stuff too. You know, they can, they can see more work there. And I think that's what, that's what people enjoy doing. If they, if they, if they connect, they're going to dig deeper. And that's what you, you want to, one kind of summary point on that is that, and connecting back with Jennifer's point about, um, about the reaction flow um, from the user experience is that, you know, people will get lost if they connect and give them places to get lost in. Um, your blog can be one of those places. Um, press features, you know, linking to a style me pretty feature that can be a way for them to get lost, see more of your work, have hidden pages, you know, that are little surprises that maybe aren't in the menu, but are on a sub page. And if they find it great, and then it's just another, another way for them to connect. And, um, I think it just makes it really fun. I think that's what's so fun about Justin and Mary's site is that you get lost in it. And you're like, I've been on the site for like 10 minutes. That's a long time <laughs> in the web world, you know, and you're happy about it. So, <laughs> yes. Jen, Jeff, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you so much for um, imparting uh, your knowledge and, and sharing and giving so much of yourself and your thoughts in, in terms of design and, and web. Where can people find you? Where can people find out more about Tonic? TonicSiteShop.com. Um, TonicSiteShop.com. We're also going to be launching the new Tonic Site Shop blog in this next month. And so we'll hopefully have more resources and more um, education and information like this. And maybe we'll get to feature you on our podcast someday. But that's yeah. the dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream. Um, yeah. So we're, we were so happy to be with you today and to just chat through everything. And um, we're, we're so... Huge. We're huge fans. Yeah, yeah. we're we're total <laughs> fans girls. over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we were very happy to be here and honored that you would ask us to just come and chat with you about branding and good websites and um, you know, cocktails. The, and cocktails. You know what we do. Yeah, you guys, I can't wait till we meet again in person. Thank you again, uh, Tonic Site uh, Tonic sh sh Site Shop. Yep. Yep. TonicSiteShop.com. TonicSiteShop.com. You guys, thank you again. We're, we're going to talk soon.